When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast is back, and boy, do we have a special episode upcoming here. The Boston Celtics are Eastern Conference contenders. They're NBA contenders. And look who is back to talk about it. Michael Pina of Sports Illustrated, Rich Levine of Boston Com, and several other fine writing spots the big three podcast the winning plays podcast ogs we are back we are reunited and we are here to talk about the celtics asking for the toughest possible road to the nba finals which goes through the brooklyn nets in round one but first gentlemen it's a pleasure thanks for thanks for coming back here oh my goodness this is first of all rich live from san diego like yeah i mean from a hotel room in san diego that's just really that's some sacrifice and so I'm on my you. on my mother's birthday. Let me. Oh my goodness! Yes, yeah, she's she's in the on the other side of this wall, waiting patiently to start her birthday celebration. But I delayed it. Wow. Well, well she's a, she's a, <laughs> for, for she's, you guys. She's a big fan of the podcast, and so she wanted to hear you on it. And I will I get say it. it's a good birthday gift. She is a big fan. I think she may be unsubscribed though after I, Ooh, I after you, after your hiatus. Yeah, right. It doesn't have anything to do with you. I think the lack of me. She just she wasn't understandable. Yeah, this is why listen to this one. Right. So this is a good way to get I mean, this is this is our slow but sure way of getting you back in the fold here. You had a, you know, nice break. But now we have a playoff run where the Celtics are in the finals. And I don't know if you guys are gonna be able to stay away during uh, past this episode. So but the Celtics have to win for that to happen here. So I guess we'll start. I know I'm gonna leave it to you guys. Where do you guys want to start here? Do you want to start with Nets? Do we want to start with the Celtics just asking for the Nets at the end of the postseason, if that was the right mood or not? Are they <clears throat> 538 still has them as the NBA Finals favorites right now by the percentages? Do we, we can start there? Where, where, where do you guys want to begin? Hmm. I was uh, going to say uh, re- re- real quick that Marcus Smart's going to win the defensive player. Of the oh, year sure. Award. We can have, yeah. I, I, would, I, would, I don't think we, we don't need to expand on that quite yet. I just want to mention that off the top since he was an inspiration for the winning play's name. And I know Mike Pina is, is actually helping the cause by having a vote and voting for Marcus Smart for the Defensive Player of the Year. That's just a good vibe to to begin this conversation. Honestly, a career highlight for me. I've wanted a vote for so long just so I could vote for, this is a safe space. Yes. <laughs> just so I could vote Marcus Smart for Defensive Player of the Year and the fact that there's actual momentum for it. And- Oh, it's gonna um, happen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like viewed as a crazy person. Um, You're not gonna be like Gary Washburn with his Carmelo vote. <laughs> So I'm I'm very I was I was happy to do that and I mean he's deserving and he should win uh, and uh, so that's just wonderful stuff yeah. Is this your and first vote, Mike? Was this your for your first? Your this NBA is my first, first year. Vote? They they let me. This is probably first and only um, time no. that they'll let me. It's about time. It. Well, here's my second question for you on that. Um, all NBA defensive teams. How many Celtics do you have on those two teams? Assuming I had two. I had two. So my def- all defensive teams were going off the top of my head here. Um, I had Smart, Mikael Bridges as the guards. Uh, as the forwards, I cheated. Um, I had Bam Adebayo and Jaron Jackson Jr. And then at center, I had Rudy. Um, for second team, I had Rob as the second team center and I cheated to get Bam. I put Bam as a forward so I could get all those guys on just cause I was like, whatever the league lets you do that. So yeah. these are the, I'm trying to get the best defensive players on this team. Um, then I had, uh, Matisse Thibel and Gary Payton, the second as my second team guards and oh, Giannis amazing. and Evan Mobley as my second team forwards. So I'm kind of shocked though. I mean, those are good, all good choices. I'm shocked that you didn't try to get all five Celtic starters in on the, on those two de- defensive teams. 
You know, I was crunching the numbers with Grant Williams, really breaking down the tape. He was very close. Uh, I, mean, I think Al Horford if, had a case. Al Horford has uh, a case. <laughs> oh, a- absolutely. Like, in all seriousness, Jason Tatum is a case. Um, Tatum was top five on the NBA.com ladder, right? I know that is what it is, but, like, he's certainly in the conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. it was. there was a lot of candidates, though, um, this year for all those teams, and it was fun to, to break it down. Um, you know who can – I, can I do a really wonderful grade-A professional segue here? There were no uh, Brooklyn Nets um, considered Ooh. for the all-defensive team on my ballot. <laughs> well, Marcus uh, Aldrich didn't even get a – He get didn't a get sniff. a sniff, no. no. <laughs> Come on, Blake? Blake Griffin, um, like, I mean, so, they're, so they're saving him for the postseason here. That, that's really what it's going to come down to, right? So you're gonna you're gonna let not let but assume that Kyrie and KD are going to go off, and you're just going to assume that they cannot stop the Celtics on the other side, and just like a relentless kind of barrage of. Yeah, you know. I mean, okay, so I I think the Nets are really good. I kind of because of how flawed they are defensively. I kind of didn't really view Boston's decision to beat the Memphis Grizzlies as controversial in any sense, because I think, first of all, if you're a championship contender, which they clearly are by all the numbers and how they've just pounded teams um, since what, like January 1st, I guess like they're just, the numbers are just ridiculous. Like best offense, best defense, best net rating, et cetera. And it's kind of like, would you rather face off against the Toronto Raptors who are playing great basketball on both ends and Pascal Siakam uh, made my all NBA team. And even though he wasn't an all-star is he's like playing as well as anybody in the whole league right now. Um, So that's like a real dangerous team that can um, take away a lot of the things that neutralize a lot of things that Boston's really good at and match up really well with them. So you can do that as a four or five and then not have home court in the second round if you win against the Bucks and not be able to play um, in Boston in a potential game seven. Or you can like flex who you are and go against this team that, yeah, it's, it's very explosive offensively. Uh, Kyrie, 12 for 15. 34 points in the the play and win over the Cavs and everybody knows about Kevin Durant, but like, man, like I was watching their second to last game against the Indiana Pacers, like a game they really needed to win and their defense could not stop a TJ McConnell, Isaiah Jackson pick and roll for like their season was on the, like on the line kind of, they had, it was just for the, the seven seed. They would have, if they lost, they would have been nine or 10 and they couldn't stop. It was just like, what is this? This like Steve Nash was livid, like calling timeouts, screaming. And it was like, their defense is just bad. Just a bad defense, um, bad personnel. And I really don't think that in a, in a seven game series, like when you're scheming against them and you have Tatum, who's going to guard Tatum. Uh, we can get into the Ben Simmons discussion later on. Who's going to guard Tatum? Who's going to guard Jalen? You got to play Seth Curry. He's so valuable to their spacing offensively. Uh, they will what's it, just what's his health destroy like, him. It's also, not good. What's, Curry is not healthy, right? No, he's got a bum ankle. That he's going to he be says, playing. He's going to play, he but he's not. Ankle. Yeah. So okay. it's like he's, yeah. he's so, a weak link defensively already, and then you have a, a sore ankle. So that's a huge be, X factor for me, yeah. Yeah, he will be attacked relentlessly. Um and yeah, like the matchup, it just it, like Bruce Brown's comments, uh, <laughs> just like where, where that was just like not that was not wise, I don't think. Um, and uh, for someone who's played extremely well, Bruce Brown's played very well, like all of his numbers almost are because of the attention that is afford- afforded to Kyrie and. KD and I don't think that the Celtics are going to have to guard those guys like other teams do where they send two to the ball constantly and they trap ball screens constantly and they just try to squeeze the ball out of their hands. The Celtics have defenders who can just make life difficult for you one-on-one with help um, that isn't too dramatic. So yeah, I, I, I think the Celtics should be like, I don't want to say overwhelming favorites, but I would be pretty surprised if they lost the series. Not going to lie. Rich, how do you defend 
Like if you're the Celtics, if you're EMA planning out this series, like Mike said, they don't have to send double zero. Like what's your, what's your defensive game plan? Is your defensive game plan just letting Durant and Kyrie get theirs and, and keep the open looks for everyone else down? Or are you more selective about it? You know, depending on how those guys are, you know, playing on any specific night. Yeah. I don't know if it's like letting, but it's just like, it's kind of yeah. assuming. Right. You know, cause you can, you can game plan all you want. You can go in and say like our, our, our goal, we're going to stop KD and you're not going to stop KD. Right. Like, so just, just, just give him the credit as one of the, the best players to ever live. Probably the best offensive player in the game right now, Mike, that's, that's very fair. Sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe Tatum's coming for him. Um, but I just I love when you talk about the, the on the flip side flip side of the defense, Mike. You talked about how the Celtics will be attacking Curry. I just love, and I've been saying it all year that there's no one on Boston you can attack anymore. Like Pritchard, maybe Pritchard will be out there for 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 times, and you can you can you can work him. But generally speaking, he's feisty. He's got better on defense too. But but, but right. there's, there's there's no it there's no Kemba even Kyrie people were were were, were working uh, when when he was playing point guard here. There's no one that you can attack. It's wild. Switch, I mean, switch, 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 and there's nothing you can do. And that is just such a strength of this team. And I think it's going to power them, you know, um, not just this series, but if they can move forward. Um, this is such such an amazing aspect of this team. I love it. One of my favorite parts of the Celtics team. Yeah, I did this story earlier this year about Derek White. I love that trade for that exact reason. It just, it made it so, like offensively, it's clear what he brings to the table. Um, I've never, I, I was never really that concerned about the three-point shooting with him just because of how he breaks down defenses and, you know, the quick tap, tap, tap passing and he's constantly moving and screening and all that. And all that's really valuable for lineups that have Tatum and, and Jalen in them and everything's really gelled wonderfully, but defensively he's so excellent um, on the ball, off the ball. And you can't go at Derek White. I don't, it's just like, that's just not a smart solution for, for an offense. So I, yeah, there's no weak points defensively for this team. And even without Rob Williams, like Tice isn't going to switch out probably you would hope too much. So he'll be like dropping when he's put in ball screens, but like the best rim protection that you have is like just switching everything on the perimeter and not even allowing the penetration. And they can still do that with the majority of the lines that they have, even if Rob doesn't play for a majority of the series or, you know, he might, there was a report, I think yesterday that he might come back or could come back later in the, in the first round, if it gets to that point. But like, especially against a team that is so reliant on mid-range shooting, they'll contest everything. Like it's just the Nets don't get to the rim anyway. Uh, and I don't know. It's just, it seems like for a team that is going to have to play Kyrie and KD 45 plus minutes every game, I, I, it's just, it's a mountain for that, for those two guys. It really is. It would be incredible if they, if they pulled it off. Rob, what do you think? I was thinking about this. What will it take to force Rob Williams back into play? Is like 0-2, 1-3? Like, is there any combination that you think they're like, oh shit, we bet we gotta we gotta go with Rob now before it's too late? Yeah. I think I think yeah, I think you're facing elimination. So if you I mean the calendar works out well in their favor to start the series regardless because what they play three games over the course of um you know nine days. Um, so that, that's going to help, uh, get him to that, you know, four week mark, but the way, I mean, the way Emi Adoka talks about the way these reports keep coming out, like I'm not rolling out for him out for game one at this point, the way, like, I mean, he's not going to play that, but certainly anything after game three, I would say it's on the table. So if you're down to one, I think maybe that's the earliest time you consider it. If everything is good and he's, you know, checked all his boxes like a week ahead of time. Um, I would almost hesitate a little bit. I mean, you, you try him in it if you're down 3-1 or 3-2 just because you have to. But I would feel worse about putting him in a spot like that where you're like, you're just not sure where you're going to get from the guy. And uh, and if he is coming ahead of back ahead of schedule in a, a game that you need to win, that puts you know, kind of everyone in a tough spot. So ideally, you don't have to see him at all in this series for the other reason. Like they, they're in control and maybe they can ease him back in when they're in a, you know, more of a commanding situation if he checks those boxes. But um I would say game four is the, my, my bet in terms of the like, what's what, 
who do we see earlier in this series, guys? Rob Williams or Ben Simmons? I think that's that's a fascinating question too. Yeah, the Ben Simmons thing is really interesting. Um, I part of me is kind of like these reports about him uh, coming in game four or five or six. That's his target. I just like don't really believe them. Kind of like. Not that I don't believe them. I just think that the Nets are trying to force. It's just gamesmanship. Like you're forcing the Celtics to prepare for a team that is potentially going to add this 6'10 defensive player of the year candidate who just like changes the complexion of an offense as well. Like it just, it makes you think and it, it adds stress to like the strategizing process. So like, I, I just, I don't know. Like he just, every time Steve Nash talks about him, he's like, uh, you know, he, he isn't doing sprints yet. That's what he said before the play-in <laughs> game. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, it, that's a long, like the ramp up from not being able to sprint to playing in a, an NBA playoff game after almost a full calendar year or maybe it's not a full ca- when's the last time when was the hawks it, yeah, uh, game seven whenever oh, a it was long time ago june june so, yeah that, that, yeah it, it, yeah it was a very long time ago so i just I, I have a hard time believing that and he's not this is his first time these will be his first minutes not in a philadelphia 76ers uniform with um different coaches different teammates i just like I have a hard time picturing him playing. I'm not gonna lie. And I'll say, I hope he does. I think that helps. I think that's good for the Celtics if they try. If if you're desperate enough, I, I don't think you can't take that entire year off and come back against the best. You know, the best team in the conference, one of the best two teams in the conference in the playoffs. Um, with Nugi said, with new teammates and in the mental space that that Ben is clearly in. Like I don't. I hope he does. It'll be an absolute disaster if if he comes back and tries to play. Um, with this team in the playoffs. I, and I, I'd be surprised if the Celtics are, are game planning for him. But I, when you talk about like potential wild cards, like I'm looking at the box score from that Cleveland game. It felt like Dragic played for more than 10 minutes. Um, but Claxton, Dragic, is there anyone else that like potentially could be like a wild card, like sneak in, maybe steal you a game? Like I think, you know, Claxton had probably one of his best games of his career against Cleveland. I'm not worried about him too much um, at the next level. Goran still scares me a little bit, you know. Uh, maybe that's just the the years. You're more worried about Goran Dragic than Nick Claxton. Eh, I, Claxton seems like a guy that just like like the stage might be a little too big for him. I don't know if he's quite ready for 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 this. I mean, how old is he? Claxton, he's got to be. Pretty young, he's right? pretty young. I'm with you. Like Dragic is always he's kind of playoff proven. Like back like a couple years before he got hurt in the bubble, like he was a force for that team. And I know he hasn't been. You know, that guy, that's why the, the Heat moved on from him. But, yeah, like, I think he could give, you know, your Ben, the Southern Spanish problems. Like, they don't, you know, if you have, like, Pritchard or something like that match up, and he might play Pritchard off the floor if he, like, keeps, you know, beating him off the dribble and stuff like that. And then, I mean, all these guys, all these guys scare me. Like, Patty Mills has been absolute garbage shooting the ball for half the season. But would it surprise me if he came out in the first two games and went, like, 6 of 10 from 3? Not at all. Like, this is all – it's one of those things where if if they just take one game in those first two, and not that it's gonna they're gonna take the series, but that shifts the pressure there. And if the Celtics go into a three point shooting lull or just get lured into taking more of those shots rather than create use the ball movement to get better looks that they obviously can against this Nets defense, that's that's where things you know that's where the balance comes in, and where I think if you're worried about the series, that's what you're looking at. I'm not, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe I'm overconfident. I just, sure, like, Patty Mills could get hot. Dragic could get hot. These guys are all so one-dimensional. And it's just, like, they're old and they're one-dimensional and they're small. I, I can't get too, like, worked up about them over the course of a seven-game series. Like, I... They're just such they they create such vulnerabilities for um, for the Nets defense and getting stops is like there will be games where Kyrie who 
has struggled this season when he's had to play. I know that the the time off in between games is is okay for him, but like he struggled at times. He's had some bad shooting performances, and they basically like can't win unless he is a supernova offensively. So it's just like the margin for error in Brooklyn is really, really narrow. And that's just not the case for the Celtics. I just keep thinking about like, if the game, if a game is close down the stretch, like who is the, first of all, who is the five on the court and for Brooklyn. And one of them is probably Seth Curry or Bruce Brown, or I don't think Dragic is going to close for them, but just like bringing those guys into ball screens and just, drawing two and kicking to a wide open Grant Williams or Derek White or Al Horford or, um, you know, back cutting for like layups and drawing fouls in the paint. And I, I, I don't know, like, I just feel like the Celtics offense is going to be really, really difficult to stop and slow down even in crunch time. If you're Brooklyn. Mike, as, as someone who's covered a bunch of games in Brooklyn, what's like the, What's the scene like there in terms of like a, in terms of like a home court advantage? I know the, the Nets were horrible at home this year. A lot of that has to do with the fact that it was one of available. The best players, yeah, yeah <laughs> wasn't allowed to play. But like, are the fans like, are they behind this team? Like, does it feel like the Garden? Like when when things get, get tight and good, like, or is it kind of? No, it's like the uh, will uh, the word that I was using at the start for opening tip, and I took a video of it to see how many fans to show how many fans were there. It's just embarrassing. Like, really? I know it was a seven o'clock tip and it was a playing game, but it was like the, when they were trying to like right before the opening tip, you know, there's got this the thing on the jumbo screen being like, like wave your, they put like white towels on the chairs and stuff and like wave your towels and looking around and it's just like, what is going on here? It's like maybe 30% of the arena is waving a towel uh, they're piping in the fake noise. Yeah, it's just it's not like the the ideal environment for. I think Zach Lowe said that you could read a book there, and I I would agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> it's not that hard to concentrate. Um, by the end of that game, like in the fourth quarter, it was pretty loud. Sure, I'll give them that. But no, it's it's not even the environment is not even close to. Um, I mean, I could name. Probably one of the worst in the playoffs, right? Like out of home court, like teams in there, I would think. Yeah, I could name like a dozen. I mean, I remember last year that it was like pretty, it was pretty good in that Buck series. Those were like classic playoff games. Yeah. Though. Um, I don't know. I'm it's not, it's not the garden, it's not even MSG, it's not uh the staple center or whatever staple center is called now. It's not like crypto.com. Yeah, whatever Quicken Loans Arena is now, Rocket Mortgage, like yeah. these places Cleveland, like these places are much louder than Barclay Center. Celtics are four and a half point favorites in game one. Wow. I think that started yep. at three. It opened at three after the game Tuesday. Um and so that has obviously steadily creeped up i mean it's it's funny to see how the odds have kind of played out for this series with um clearly the the betting public just are believers in durant and Kyrie still but i think the smart fans are being like oh this great this could be easy money for us yeah um, still, still has the shortest odds of any of any series right so that's it's kind of wild but that's i mean i think you see that you know every couple of years where it's just someone a team that the the public is just, you know, very much in on. And, you know, Brooklyn obviously is a very unique circumstance given what what's happened this season with them. But, I mean, for you guys, though, right now, let's talk about – well, let's talk about the Celtics for a little bit in terms of how they're going to handle – how Emei is going to handle this series. Um, do you like starting with Tyson Horford? Well, I'll start first. Like, do you, do you like going up that front line, you know, just to begin games knowing you have great in your back pocket here? And then who – who actually plays for you in an ideal playoff game? You know, how many, how deep do you go on your bench when, when Rob is back? And so you don't necessarily have to, you know, play eight or nine guys if you don't want to. Yeah. I mean, for, I guess it, it depends on, on how, how Pritchard is shooting the ball. You know, if, if, if he's, if he's shooting well, I, I think maybe he gets a little bit, but I think everyone below him is, is a definite. So, you know, uh, 
coming off the so essentially, if, if, if Rob's back, maybe maybe you don't need Tice quite as much. And I guess it depends on how many uh, how much Drummond plays potentially. But I think you got you got you know the the Jays, you got Marcus obviously, um, Al, Rob, and then uh, Derek Grant. Um, who am I forgetting? And then is Pritchard definitely going to play, or do you feel like he could be put off the floor again? Like, what's your? I wouldn't be shocked if, if, if there are games where, where he kind of falls out of the rotation or stretches where he's out of the rotation. But I think everyone else, you're going to need a, a solid at least 20 minutes from, I would think. Mike, are you playing is, Pritchard? Yeah, I, I sure. Um, I, I think Peyton Pritchard's played really well. Uh, what did he finish? Did he lead the team in three-point percentage? Yeah. He's, yeah, I think he was right there. If he beat Grant um, by like a good. decimal. Yeah. And like some of those shots, like he gets a lot of pretty good looks, like catch and shoot that are pretty open. But like he'll hit tough shots in like timely spots. Um, I don't know. I think he's kind of valuable. And I don't think he's that much of a defensive liability given um, just how intelligent typically the other four defenders are on the court where it's not like Peyton Pritchard's on this Island and there's like blow buys with straight line drives to the rim. Like that just doesn't happen for the Celtics. So I think his three point shooting is pretty important. Um, so I think he'll be in the rotation for sure. I guess if, if Patty Mills and, and Goron are, are playing minutes, that's, that's, those are guys that he can hang with. Sure. Absolutely. Um, he can chase Seth Curry around. I don't like. I'm not. I'm not too concerned about Peyton Pritchard. Um, the starting five. Uh, I think that Drummond is kind of like. You know, assuming they, they start Drummond, he's actually become underrated a little bit. I, th- I think he's still a bad defender for sure. Um, in pick and rolls and and all that, but like his work on the offensive glass is he's still a wrecking ball. He's still like, he's not like 36 years old. He's not like Dwight Howard or Deandre Jordan. And I think that's how a lot of people perceive him. He's still like in an athletic, not in his prime, but he can still, you know, he's really difficult to box out. Um, Like you can't just put Marcus smart on him on a switch (laughs) and then like expect him to, to keep, Andre Drummond out of the out of the restricted area. So I think like starting big is 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 wise. And you know, obviously that, Al doesn't want that, right? <laughs> Al doesn't want that's that. that's a Tice thing for sure. Yeah. And also, honestly, like I know that they put sometimes they'll put Grant Williams on bigs like that. And you know, Grant is so wonderful at leveraging his center of gravity and he's tough to move to. So maybe they, maybe eventually they, they realize that it's different, more difficult to score with Tyson Horford on the court than with Grant spacing out a little bit. Um, but I would start with Tyson Horford for sure. Um, and see where it goes from there, but yeah, bringing Grant off the bench, bringing white off the bench, then immediately going small. Those units are really effective and, and difficult to match up with. And, uh, and yeah, so I think that Claxton on the offensive glass with those tip outs and Drummond on the offensive boards as well, that's something that you got to be concerned with if you go too small, but otherwise I think the Celtics should just be the Celtics. Yeah. I'd, I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Drummond in this series. If it's better for the Celtics to have him on the floor, um, or not, and or whether and, and if how quickly they'll just be able to play him off the floor at all. Since I agree with Mike, I think he's kind of been. I mean, he's certainly been a, a bright spot for for Brooklyn since the deal in the first place. Um, we'll take a little break here to talk about our sponsor, Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including the updated odds on the playoffs and title odds and next season's future at Bet Online. Baseball is also back in the start of the baseball season this year, and you can bet on that at BetOnline as well. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, live betting, and your Vegas, favorite Vegas casino games and poker games. 
It's super easy to get started. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join with the promo code CONS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But online, where the game starts. Do you guys want to talk title odds here for a second? Absolutely. Yeah. So this is where they're currently at. At Bet Online here. So the Suns favorites plus 275. Bucks next plus 525, pretty much five to one. Celtics and Nets tied for third at plus 750. <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy. So that's that probably is reflective of you know the Brooklyn not being favored by the books anymore in that series. And then after that, Golden State plus 825, Grizz plus 1000, and Heat. And the Sixers have the same odds, plus 1,200, which is very surprising to me. Um, what do you guys – do you guys like that order there? I mean, the Nets, obviously, you can throw them out the window in terms of where they stand here. Is that – like, if you're powering and contenders in the NBA right now, what, what's your, like, top five, and where, where do the Celtics kind of fit in there? Hmm. Is there any chance uh, Kawhi comes back, Mike, or no? I mean, sure. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, not a hard hard no. Clippers plus thirty five hundred for for that part for that question. Uh, I mean, he's not going to play in this playing game, and the Pelicans are actually like kind of feisty. So I would be, even though that game's at Staples, I'm just calling it Staples Center for the rest of my life. (laughs) Um, That's uh, that'd be a tough bet to make. Um, And then if they win, they got to play the Suns even though I'm probably going to be the only person in the world who picks the Clippers in that series, <laughs> regardless of Kawhi's status. Uh, over, over the Suns? Yeah, I, I, love, I love the Clippers. I love them so much. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't – who knows with Kawhi? Like, it's – yeah, he could easily come back. He could ne- never – he could not play until next, next year. Who knows? But I, th- I guess after what we saw in, in the last year in this regular season, it, it only makes sense that the Suns and Bucks should be one-two. I think that they've that they've earned that. I think the fact that the Celtics now have home court over Milwaukee, if it gets to that point, uh, maybe she could could bump the Celtics up a little bit closer to 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 the Milwaukee. Um, but until we get that, I think we got to go with those two at the top of the list for sure. Um, Golden State is, is is interesting. Where is Golden uh, State in this? They're yeah. currently fifth. Yeah, fifth. Plus, because Steph is back, is going to be back, yeah? He back. said that he is confident. He went on Draymond Green's podcast the other day and said he was confident he'll play in game one. What do you think What do we think he'll look like is, the, I guess, the biggest. I mean, that, that shouldn't – who do they have? Do they have Denver in the first round there? I guess that's, you know, I don't think that's – I'm not saying that's a cakewalk. Yeah. For sure. But – and then – if they win, they got to potentially go into Memphis. And if Memphis beats Minnesota handily, which I don't think that's a cakewalk series either, but if Memphis does win, they'll be, I mean, the confidence will just be like, yeah, you don't want that. I don't think they want that matchup. I don't think that's a good matchup for them at all. So the Warriors aren't really like super deep. A lot of young players. Um, Iguodala is a question mark for me at this stage. Uh, Jordan Poole's played great, but they don't really have like any experience together as like a Poole, Clay, Draymond, Curry, who's the fifth guy closing five. Like I, I a lot of question marks in Golden State for me. And the fact that Miami and Philly are both 12 to one, those both seem, I know it's like, I mean, Miami's not a sexy pick, but like, again, you, you we saw in that game uh, where they beat the Celtics in Boston recently. It's when it like got down the crunch time, right? And it's like, all right, they got they got Jimmy Butler, who still is is nasty when it matters. You got Lowry, you got Bam. You still got a great coach, even if you know the coach and Jimmy want to kick the shit out of each other. Um, you got you got shooters. You got you got you know Hero and and you know, Duncan Robinson doesn't play that much, but Struess like that that team at twelve to one. That's like a it's a little bit tempting. And then Philly, and I know Harden, who knows what we're going to get with Harden, but to have Embiid and Harden on the same team, that's, that, that can win a few playoff series. Yeah, I love I love Miami at that number, to your point, because like, I think you have that easier road to, you know, you have whoever, the 
Cavs or the Hawks in round one. I guess the Hawks could give you them a little bit of a run, but I mean that that's a series they should win. And then I mean I, I'm not I'm not a buyer in Philly now. I'm not even convinced they're getting out of the first round. Um, picking Raptors in that one. You picking Raptors? I like. There we go. Speaking so, of which, yeah. sixty-six to one. Toronto. The Toronto Raptors Oof. to win to win the title. Oof. Just are there just are there any other teams besides the uh, the. Sixers and the Celtics that would be without really good players if they have to play in Toronto. Yeah, so I think the the Heat and the Bucks have come out and said, their teams have said that they're all vaccinated. So, but you think, that. but you, sorry, but you think that the Celtics will have a full roster if they? I expect to end up in Toronto. I think. I mean, Horford came out and addressed it directly, and I think reading between the line on Jalen's comments, um, you know, he clearly hedged it, but I. I'd be shocked if he wasn't be able to go. And I mean, that's certainly for the Celtics. won't even have to worry about that scenario here until like the, whatever the conference finals, if, if the Raptors somehow pull off those upsets there. So yeah, but it would, that would be an interesting subplot too. I mean, I, even just that, like, I mean, I know, I know that some Celtics staff had, were left behind in, in Toronto because they tested positive up there and had to like quarantine for a few days. So that's, I think for any team, as long as Canada keeps those rules, like that's a, a little interesting. I don't know if, if they're going to change that by the time the playoffs go deeper, but that could be a little interesting subplot here um, for any team playing Toronto in the postseason up there. It's a great advantage. Like, I wonder if, like, if the mayor of Boston really wanted to, like, help out, you, know, you could throw that into the mix right now before game one, before Easter. Just to leave city lines. Yeah, to... just say no. Unless you're vaccinated, you're not playing in Boston. Well, that would certainly that's re-election. That's re-election. <laughs> that's right re-election. There. Yeah, that's true. Too bad. <clears throat> She's in year one here, but that's that's something to keep in the back pocket for, for 2023, Um All right, let's. Uh, should we wrap here? Let's talk. Let's talk picks here. Like, where are we going? Let's go around the horn for both NBA picks. Like, who's finals picks? And then are the Celtics in those picks or not? Like how, where, how does the Celtics road go? What's, what's the best case and worst case scenario for the Celtics in your mind for these, for this run? Let's, we'll start with Mike here. What's, what's, let's start with the Celtics and then go to the NBA stuff. Okay. Um, assuming that Rob Williams returns by game one of the second round and he looks like Rob Williams um, at, you know, early in that series, I'm picking the Celtics to make the finals. Um, what am I supposed? What What else is there that you want from me right now? And a worst case. What's the worst case for the like, worst when, case for the Celtics? Yeah. Well, I mean, the worst case is you lose. Well, against realistic, the realistic worst case. Like, what's where do you see like if you were if things don't go right for them, like how far? But they like assuming they get out of the first round, where would you see them? falling like ugly to the bucks like a, a long series against the bucks like be a worst case like what do you think yeah i don't think that this team will self-implode at, at any stage i just think that when you are as dominant as they've been there's just like really no precedent for a team to suddenly forget how to play together and tatum like there's there's it like I don't know. People talk about like their three point shooting as a, a weak point And to a certain extent that is accurate for sure. I just think that there's different ways that they can beat you offensively now um, where you're not really overly relying on the three ball. And when your defense is this dominant, like that also changes the, the calculus on how you can win games. So I don't think that uh, they will get, swept or losing five or anything like that at any point. Uh, I mean, the worst case would be a tough nip and tuck series with the nets where KD and Kyrie just, you know, Kyrie does what he did in the 2016 finals for seven games. And KD is, you know, averages literally 45 points a game on 60% shooting. Like that's kind of the scenario that 
the Nets need. And so that would be a worst case scenario for the Celtics. Uh, I could also see them losing to Milwaukee for sure. Milwaukee's a great basketball team. Brooke Lopez has actually looked really good. Uh, I think I would pick the Celtics in that series because they have home court advantage. Um, and I think that that would be a grind for sure. Giannis is Giannis. Um, and then like the conference finals, like you might face Toronto for real. Like I think Toronto's path to the conference finals is pretty clear. Not necessarily thinking that'll, that'll happen, but they played Miami really well um, all season. I think they're going to beat the Sixers outright. And if you are in the conference finals against Toronto, you got to like your chances there. Um, again, assuming that Rob Williams is healthy. So yeah, I, I think, Boston should get to the finals. And once you're in the finals, I think obviously you can win the title. <laughs> That's why they pay me the big bucks. Yeah. yeah I think, I think Phoenix is going to win it all. I know you have them losing in the first round, Mike, but they have just been too good for too long. I mean, again, anything can happen. It, it, one injury changes everything, but like if we're assuming, we're assuming health for all these teams, I mean, they've clearly been the best team in the league all season. Right pretty easily can i just yeah, jump in and far. say um you know i'm being a little tongue-in-cheek with the thinking that phoenix is go- i don't want that to be like on the record just yet um <laughs> That's I'm, title. I'm aggregating it after this after this goes live what are you talking about i will say real quick like don't you guys feel like the regular season there's like this growing divide between what matters in the regular season and what matters um in the playoffs and for the Suns, it's like, can this if a team goes small against the Suns, can they go small? Can or it, will they be able to flex muscles in and stay big and just stay true to who they are? If Jay Crowder goes cold by in the three point line, um, how much will that impact them? If like, I don't know, there's something something about this team where I'm just like I'm skeptical in a way that. I probably shouldn't be. And it might just be that they don't have any clear top 10 players or uh, right. any, like, I, I don't know what it is, but no, I think like I have a lot of respect for them. It's just, there's something about them that I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it. Well, I'm looking at recent years and like last year, the bucks and sons were the, were, were the two and the three seed uh, year before the Lakers were a one seed. They won all the heat were, fifth seed and they made it to, to the finals just in terms of seeing like regular season success first first how far you get in the in the postseason no um, one seeds come out of the east since 2017 yeah probably 16 like, is that right yeah because well, yeah, right, yeah, the Celtics were the one seed for a couple of those years where right, they didn't get Mil- out. Milwaukee had it the year Sixers last year right Sixers yeah no I think you're right like that's a good point that just that's it's become more and more unpredictable um, in the last few years here when, you know, the, once the Warriors got broken up and, and now when LeBron left Cleveland, like things are obviously breaking all sorts of ways. I also think it's important when we look at the postseason here for across the board, just like every year after like just historical trends in the postseasons for, for stars and teams that matter here, whether it's James Harden kind of repeatedly falling on his face, like, in big moments and you know to a lesser degree like chris paul like i know he got over a lot of that last year but he still and that wasn't his fault last year but you know he still has a track record of like you know coming up short in those instances to to mike's point whether you can like fully trust that team if is there enough around him to kind of counteract that and i think the celtics the way they've looked uh you know two years ago in the bubble then they're just like their crunch time woes against the heat in that matchup which which haven't were all over the place in the first half of this season and then the second half of this year just hadn't been an issue because they've been kicking the crap out of everyone. Like I, those are going to come back into play here and whether or not they're playing a lot better brand of basketball to counteract that now in these moments. But I, until that happens, I'm still going to be, that's, that's my biggest worry with this group right now and why I ultimately think that they're probably not going to, I'm not, I can't pick them to the finals until I like start seeing that happen in these, in these playoff type moments. Yeah, that Milwaukee series. I mean, Brooklyn's going to be tough too. Let's you know, let's kill ourselves. I, we, we all think they're going to win, but it's 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 not going to be yeah. easy. That Buck series, that's 
That's scary, but that that is why I was ready to face Brooklyn early in the name of getting home court advantage against the Bucks. Because that felt like right. the only opportunity to to get past them. Even then, it's going to be tough. I mean, Giannis is just like he's not going to win MVP. Probably is still the most dominant player in the game. Is that fair to say? Jokic slander. <laughs> well, no, Jokic is the is I think is the MVP. But like, I think if for a playoff series, I. A little bit more scared of Giannis. I agree with that. Until Jokic, I mean, we'll maybe, see what you can. If you, if Jokic beats the Warriors this year, then we can. That, I might change my tune on that. But until that, happens, like I, what Giannis did last year, counteracts what you know what Jokic Jokic's postseason record to this point. Yeah, and if Joker were were surrounded by Middleton and Drew and yeah, sure. I mean, Brooke, you know, not Brooke, obviously. He had Tyrese you know. Maxey. They'd be a freaking contender. Mm. <laughs> Jamal Murray is he is, is he out? There's no conversation yeah, they're him. they're out yeah it's they're out. And porter's out definitely um bones time bones oh, yeah. is ready for the first first postseason monty morris yeah don't the monty morris hey jeff green's out there too don't you know he's got plenty of help yeah he's shooting great because his teammates nicole Jokic, like the greatest <laughs> passer of all time um so you guys are both picking the bucks no yeah, I, think, I, I didn't say that but i'm picking the bucks until and unless I see, I might change my tune if we see absolute domination in the first round and like in that crunch time concerns. But until I see the Celtics start, because even when they the few games they lost in the second half of the regular season, it's like they couldn't score against the Mavs late, they couldn't score against the Heat late. Like anytime they got into a close game like that, which wasn't often, and so they should deserve playing. I mean, they could just blow out the Nets in four out of five, and that, that takes care of it too. So if they do that, that's fine. But until I start seeing their progress translate to that part of the game more, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to get them through this gauntlet. It's an interesting theory. They were too good, so they don't have enough yeah, reps, too reps good. In, in close games. It's a big problem. It's a big problem. <laughs> Ime is going to have to be like, guys, let's take the foot off the gas here a little bit. Let's like, let Kyrie and KD get back into this one. So we need some, some practice in, in crunch time. Man. I don't know. Losing the Kyrie would really suck. Though. That's that. That's that's my really well thought out intellectual statement. <laughs> How many shots is he gonna? What's his field goal attempt high for the series in a game for Kyrie? Like 30, 35? I was gonna him say like twenty eight. Yeah, him and KD could 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 both average upwards of thirty. It depends on how you guard him. That's really what it is like yeah if you're gonna guard him single covers they're gonna shoot every time so it'll be well, interesting to see obviously it doesn't matter for the voting but this could be a nice opportunity for the future defensive player of the year just to bring it full circle to uh just erase any doubt as to mike pina <laughs> mike pina's vote they won't take away your vote if you can take care of business just come through um all right, let's. So I'll go on the record. My finals pick. I'm gonna go Bucks Suns. I'm gonna do a rematch in the finals. Um, the Richie, NBA love that. Yeah, right. I know exactly. <laughs> Ratings bonanza. Uh, Richard, you got. You know, I'm gonna say Heat Suns. Mm. And uh, I'm gonna say the Suns are the are the winners. That's a one-one. It goes against everything we've learned from recent history, but I'm gonna go there. And I have I have the Raptors fifty to one by the way to to win the East so that would be nice. That's a little, great bet. Silver lining, yeah. And it was like a week ago. Well, Mike's going Clippers Raptors in the finals, I think, right? So I am like... not doing that <laughs> at all. No. Um, I I'm going Celtics Suns. I think uh, I'll probably change that over the next twenty four hours. Um, are, you making, are you making an official? Yeah, SI. I'm sure you guys are, right? I think so, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, part of me wants to just say the Grizzlies. I don't know. There's something about the Suns. I can't. I don't know. I just don't trust Chris Paul's health, maybe. But whatever. Go Warriors. Right now, Go Warriors. I, do, I, do, I don't think the Warriors. I don't. I don't know. I, don't I know. agree with you. Go Jazz. They look good. <laughs> See, the thing about the Jazz is they're just going to get absolutely destroyed in the second round by the Suns. Like, that's just 
yeah. if Luca is hurt, we will assume that Luca's not going to be at full strength. I feel um, the West is just all question marks. It's like every team is outside of the Suns are just unproven or just, you know, are not built for the playoffs at this point. Is Danny secretly hoping for uh, an early or for a, a first round exit so he can just take a blowtorch? Probably. Trade Rudy for Gordon and just like get wild. I mean, I've always been in the mind and I always thought the Rudy contract was, is going to, is too much. And like, I wouldn't want to build like a team around him. And we'll see if that, we'll see what happens. If they flame out again in the first round here, I mean, I'm, a thousand teams will be wanting to take him, no doubt. But I don't think that's, you know, paying him, you know, 40, $45 million, I don't think is a good way to, to build yourself into a contender. Amen. Higher. Doc to Utah. It's going to happen. Yeah. It is. I can feel it. And Qu- it in my Quinn, bones. Quinn, to the, Quinn to the Lakers? I don't, I, don't, I don't know where. The, no, Jared Dudley or Rajon Rondo to the Lakers. I don't know where Quinn's going to be. Maybe Quinn will be in Philly. Who knows? Well, I would have to root. Now, I wouldn't root for the Lakers, but Rondo, I had a hard time rooting against head coach Rondo wherever he lands. Rondo was the third best player on the Cavs in that game against the Nets on Tuesday. Yeah, and it was competitive. And it was competitive late in the game. Yes. That's really all you need to know. He's not retiring it. He's got too much back in the tank. Player coach? Player coach. Listen, if anyone can do it. If Bill Russell can do it, Rajon Rondo can do it. Next in line. (laughs) All right. On that note, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Good to see you guys. Will we do this again in the finals? What's the – we'll have to revisit this, you know, on location – in um in phoenix in a few in a few weeks if Rich, they you know, if they make the finals i will i will make the drive from los angeles to to phoenix to there it is see both you guys and we'll do we'll get that waitress from vegas to, to <laughs> yeah, um, yes. co, co-host with us <laughs> just like the just like old times oh my god that was probably the best episode. that was i think probably our most listened episode actually ever um all right make sure you're catching all Mike's stuff on SI and badger him for his, you know, all NBA picks and everything else that he, uh, he takes there. Um, follow Mike at Mike, Michael V Pina, follow rich at rich underscore Levine. Don't miss you got anything? Yeah. Don't miss. Don't. He tweets a lot. <laughs> so like it comes fast and furious. Yeah. You might need to mute me. I got, I, I go on some, some storms every once in a while, but <laughs> It's all right. Once every three um, or four years. Um, but guys, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for, thanks for uh, coming back. And don't be strangers. A blast. Won't be. It's been great.